Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of news impacting the precious metals markets. It's Friday, December 29th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, we're hurtling toward the end. The end of the year, that is. And the end of some other things, too. That's a little bit of foreshadowing, so stay tuned until the end of the show because I have a very important announcement that I'll be making before I wrap up this final gold wrap of 2023. So this week's been pretty quiet and the week between Christmas and New Year's usually is. A lot of people take vacation during that time. I was telling a friend I really miss being in school when I could just totally blow off the entire week between Christmas and New Year's, but alas, I'm a grown-up now, so I can't do that. So here we are, recording a podcast. We've seen a bit of a run-up in gold over the last couple of weeks, and a lot of that is connected to dollar weakness. The dollar has slowly been drifting downward, really for a couple of months. The dollar index peaked at around 106 on October 31st, and since then it has fallen to just above 101. And uh, honestly, it's gotten even softer since the Fed essentially surrendered to inflation a few weeks ago. To put that into a bit of context, the Swiss franc is up over 10% so far in 2023 against the dollar, and it's poised for its best annual rise since 2010. The uh, Swiss franc was up 1% on Wednesday, so if this trend continues, it could hit an all-time high against the dollar in early 2024. The Japanese yen has also started strengthening against the greenback, so all of this could indicate that people are starting to rotate out of the dollar and it's becoming less of a safe haven asset. You know, it's kind of crazy that the dollar has been a safe haven to begin with. But I guess as the saying goes, it is the cleanest dirty shirt in the hamper, or at least it has been over the last year or two. But, you know, think about it. Do you really want to be in the dollar over the long haul? I mean, you know that the Fed is just going to create more and more of them, right? That's the trajectory, right? We get more dollars, we get depreciation over time. The central bank and the U.S. government are backed into a corner now as well. They need to unwind the liquidity that's out there. They need to get some of these dollars out of circulation, but the Treasury can't finance the debt with these super high interest rates. And when I say super high, I'm using a little bit of hyperbole. They're not really super high, but they are high given the level of debt. And not only government debt, but credit card debt for consumers, corporate debt, I mean, there's just piles of debt everywhere. So, you know, 5.5% interest rates, while historically not all that high, they're high in the context of the debt that we have. I think I mentioned this in the show last week. The weighted average interest rate on the government's $26 trillion in outstanding Treasury securities rose to 3.1% in November. That compares with the weighted average of 2.22% just a year ago in November 2022. So the weighted average interest rate on all of these bonds has gone up just under 1% in a year. And that's only going to continue to get bigger as we move forward, as more and more of the low interest rate bonds that are out there mature, uh, they're going to be replaced with higher interest rate bonds. 
And uh, that means that weighted average is just going to keep going up. So that means the interest expense that the U.S. government is paying is going up at a rapid rate. Um, interest payments were over 35% um, of total tax receipts in fiscal 2023. In other words, the government is already paying more than a third of the taxes it collects on interest expense. And so since it can't cover the increasing interest expense with the taxes, that means it has to borrow more money and it's borrowing at these high interest rates. So we're in a spiral and it's not a good spiral. It's a very bad debt spiral. And I think this is one of the primary reasons that the Fed is trying to pivot on tightening interest rates. It needs interest rates to come down. But as I've been saying, in effect, that means the central bank is creating more inflation, right? We've won the inflation fight and winning means losing because when they win, that means they're going to loosen monetary policy and create more inflation. I saw an article that pointed out financial conditions are already at the loosest level that we've seen since May of 2022. And uh, I went over and checked the Chicago Fed's financial conditions index, and this kind of tells you historically how tight financial conditions are. It ticked down to 0.54 in the week ending December 22nd, and a negative number indicates that financial conditions are loose in historical terms. So despite all of the talk about how tight things are and how great a job the Fed has done in bringing down the CPI and interest rates are, are high, conditions are actually still loose, and that means inflationary. And they're going to get more inflationary as the Fed pivot becomes a reality, as uh, we move into rate cuts, which everybody is anticipating for uh, probably next spring or into next summer. And of course, as I've been saying, I think the real reason that we're going to see rate cuts uh, in the next year or two is because we're going to have a major recession, a financial crisis, and that'll force the Fed to cut back to zero because, you know, that's what the Fed does. So all of this is good for gold. And, uh, you know, if you kind of look back over the last two, three, four weeks, it's been quite a roller coaster, right? We hit a record high in early December, um, topped out at just over $2,125 an ounce. But that was short-lived, and gold gave back a lot of those gains just days later, Uh it dropped back to, I think it was like 1975 an ounce. But then it slowly recovered, and it regained $2,000 an ounce pretty quickly. And, um, you know, as gold was climbing toward that record, I said I thought that $2,000 was going to be uh, a new support level. And then after it plunged below 2000 I conceded I was wrong. But apparently I was wrong about being wrong. Uh, it really does seem that we've built pretty strong support at $2,000 an ounce. And um, we went as high as 2080 on Wednesday. And uh, there was some selling pressure yesterday, but the price still held comfortably above 2050. Uh, we closed on Thursday at about 2065 an ounce. So, uh, like I said, that, that $2,000 support looks like it is a real thing now. And um, I don't know, you know. All of that said, the short-term price is a fickle mistress. And, you know, if the Fed people start running open-mouth operations or trying to back 
backtrack some more on rate cuts like they were a couple of weeks ago, or if we get some kind of strong, and I'm using air quotes around strong, but strong economic data, we'll probably see the price of gold get pressured again. Um, you know, so much right now is about perception and not reality. The reality is inflation is alive and well, and the economy is on the verge of a major crisis. I mentioned the number of banks that are tapping into the Fed's bailout program last week. Uh, I wrote an article about that this week. I'll link to it on the show notes page. Um, I'm not the only person who has noticed this. There was an article on Zero Hedge. Uh, I think it was reprinted from the Epic Times. Um, and it pointed out that banks are also tapping into this thing called the Federal Home Loan Bank, the FHLB system. And as the name implies, this is a government entity and it's related to mortgages. It provides another source of short term liquidity for banks in the form of loans. Basically, this uh, FHLB allows banks to borrow against their portfolio of mortgage backed securities. So, outstanding loans in the FHLB were up 89% on the year that was through November, and it looks like it will likely hit $1.1 trillion by the end of the year. So, banks are not only tapping into the bailout program, and remember, that was set up in March. It was supposed to be just to, to keep more banks like Silicon Valley Bank from failing, but banks are tapping into it now, and it's actually at record levels. They're also tapping into this FHLB. And um, that tells me that this financial crisis that was precipitated by rate hikes is still bubbling under the surface, right? The Fed put a Band-Aid on it. They created the bailout. They made everything look okay, but it's not really okay. As the Zero Hedge article put it, this is a sign that the bank funding markets aren't operating properly and that the regulators are stepping in to help prop up the system. So, you know, I use this analogy quite often. I, I imagine a dam and the dam is springing leaks, right? You're getting cracks and you got this guy and he's sticking his hand or his finger in this hole and then another hole pops up. So he sticks his finger in that hole. The Fed, the government, the FDIC, they're all working to plug the holes in the dams, to spackle over the cracks in the dam. But there are still problems in the banking system. And I keep saying this over and over again. It's just a matter of time until something else in the system breaks or, uh, you know, that dam just completely gives way. So that's where we are. But the perception is that everything is fine. So that's how the markets are playing it, right? The Fed won the inflation fight with no collateral damage. And now we can go back to the easy money drug that the markets crave. So there's not going to be any recession. We're going to get the soft landing. Good times are here again. And that's why the stock market has set new records. You know, from the moment that the Fed hinted at this pivot, we've seen stocks just really get juiced. Now, I saw this guy on Facebook today. He was uh, saying this was all because Biden is doing such a good job. Please don't be so dumb as to think that Joe Biden has anything to do with what the stock market is doing right now. This is all Federal Reserve. It is all pumping air back into the bubble, 
with the promise of easy money. We've seen this song and dance again. I said the same thing when Trump was president. He didn't juice the stock market. Although, to be fair, I think there was some market rally after Trump was elected because there was a perception that he was going to you know, ease regulations and stuff. But, but by and large, all of this stock market gain that we've seen under Trump and then under Biden had to do with what the Fed is doing far more than any policy coming out of the White House. So uh, just, just a little side note right there. But um, yeah, you know, looking at the way things are kind of moving right now, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to wish that they had bought gold while the buying was good. Um, Peter Schiff did an interview this week that um, where he talks specifically about where he sees the gold market going in the coming months. I'll link to that in the show notes page as well. Um, but he makes a good case that we are poised for a big rally in gold. And, you know, it could be in a few months, it could be in a year, but we're on that precipice. And think about this. Gold has fared pretty well this year, despite a lot of headwinds, right? Despite the strong dollar, despite the perception that we're going to get higher for longer interest rates, and that's bad for gold. If gold did this well in this environment of rising interest rates, strong dollar, and negative perception, imagine how much better it's going to do when interest rates are actually falling, when it becomes clear that inflation's not going away, and when we're in the midst of a financial crisis, right? We could see a huge run in the price of gold. And I agree with Peter that you know, it's coming. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure that you're going to see a lot of opportunities below $2,000 an ounce. So, uh, definitely, you know, if you're thinking about it, this is a good time to maybe buy some gold. And looking at the shorter term, January has typically been a good month for gold. According to the data crunchers over at the World Gold Council, since 1971, gold has had an average return of 1.79% in January. That's nearly three times the long-term monthly average. Over that same period, gold has charted positive returns in January, almost 60% of the time. And if we go back a little bit shorter time span to the year 2000, gold has gained in 70% of all Januaries. The World Gold Council points to three factors that may account for gold's stronger-than-average January performance. First, in the beginning of the year, there's a lot of portfolio rebalancing. So you have folks that are buying gold, trying to get their, uh, you know, their their uh, percentages where they want them. Uh, January also, we typically see some seasonal weakness in real bond yields. And then uh, a supply and demand factor, gold restocking in East Asia, uh, happens in January ahead of the Lunar New Year. So, you know, as they always say, past performance does not guarantee future results. And of course, there are exceptions to the general trend. We saw negative returns in January in both 2021 and 2022. So, you know, not guaranteeing that uh, gold's going to go gangbusters in January. But as we move into 2024, there appears to be a pretty good setup for gold to have another strong January. Um, as I've already talked about, you know, Federal Reserve rate hikes are 
certainly on hold. And everybody's anticipating rate cuts uh, as we move into 2024. So this should put a damper on dollar strength. And I've already discussed the fact that we've seen the dollar kind of gradually drifting lower. And, you know, we could see significant dollar weakness as we move into 2024. And this would eliminate one of the most significant headwinds that gold had to deal with throughout most of 2023. Um, we've also seen strength in Chinese gold, uh, in the Chinese gold market, over the uh, the last several months. Uh, it appears that the gold market is is kind of rebounding and recovering. It really got hammered by COVID, and so over the last year, uh, we've seen demand come back, we've seen imports come back, and this could mean an increase in the demand for gold as we move into the Chinese New Year. Uh, Investment demand for gold has been particularly strong in China over the last several months. So, you know, it's not too late to buy. Something to think about as we move into the new year. Um, I want to call attention to another article that I published yesterday, or yeah, Thursday, over at shiftgold.com slash news. And it's about a new law that is going into effect in April that will raise the minimum wage for fast food workers in California to $20 per hour. Yes, the dude at McDonald's in California is going to be making $20 an hour. That's assuming that he's not replaced with the machine. So what could go wrong? Well, I've already alluded to uh, plenty that could go wrong. So here's a dirty little secret. No matter what law the government passes, the minimum wage is always zero, right? I mean, governments can force employers to pay a minimum wage, right? They can say you can't pay below X, but they cannot force a business to hire you. These California fast food workers are about to learn this economic principle the hard way. So, to cope with the increased labor costs, two Pizza Hut operators with a whole bunch of stores have already announced plans to completely eliminate delivery service. And that's going to mean some 1,200 delivery drivers will go from making whatever their current wage is to earning zero. Restaurant industry analyst Mark Kalinowski told Business Insider that he expects, quote, more harm to come, end quote, from the law as fast food chains, quote, take action in an attempt to blunt the impact of higher labor costs, right? Nothing happens in a vacuum. When the government says you have to pay people more money, that is going to impact businesses, no matter what anybody says, no matter you know how it makes anybody feel, this is just a fact. You are raising their cost of doing business quite significantly because if you've ever run a business, you know that the biggest expense is payroll. So minimum wages are drastically increasing the cost of doing business. They've got to cope with that somehow. So some of that pain is going to fall on customers. You know, pizza lovers in California are going to have to go pick up their orders or they can depend on third-party delivery services such as DoorDash and Uber Eats. Um, But, you know, those are a bit more expensive typically. Meanwhile, McDonald's and Chipotle have already indicated that they plan to raise menu prices in California to deal with uh, the higher labor costs. 
And let me reiterate, a lot of these workers are not going to be getting a raise when this law goes into effect. They're going to be getting a pink slip. I say this all the time. You can't wish away economics. You can't suspend economics by government edict. I mean, imagine if some politician started running around claiming he was going to pass a law so that you could jump off a building and gravity wouldn't hurt you anymore. That's dumb, right? Well, beating your head against supply and demand laws, just as dumb. So anyway, I'll link to that article in the show notes as well. And uh, in the article, I actually go into a little bit more detail on some of the economics behind this. So if you're interested, head over there and check that out over at shiftgold.com slash news. So we are at the end of 2023. The end of the year. New Year's is coming up on Monday. So are you going to make any resolutions? I will not. I never do. You know why? I know myself. Making New Year's resolutions for me is just a setup for failure. And let's be honest, it's true for most people. The best way to keep promises to yourself is just don't make them to start with. Now, of course, that's probably not the best strategy for personal growth. But then again, it minimizes my disappointment. So, my resolution for the last several years has been don't make any resolutions. And, you know, I'm not trying to be negative. I mean, if you want to make resolutions, go for it. But you're probably not going to keep them. Sorry, facts are facts. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not questioning your intentions. I'm just questioning your willpower. And I don't mean any offense. I'm just stating the facts. I'm playing the odds, if you will. So, according to some research that I stumbled across, the average New Year's resolution is broken by January 12th. Yes, most resolutions last about 12 days. Now, according to a New York Post story, a company called Strava analyzed more than 31.5 million online global activities to come up with this date. I don't know how they did this, but you know, it sounds science-y. And I've been told I must trust the science. So there you go. Then there's this. According to a study conducted by the University of Scranton, just 8% of people achieve their New Year's goals. Ever. So that means more than 90% fail. And so that's why I feel pretty safe playing the odds. That's why I feel like I'm not stepping over the line when I say you're probably not going to keep your New Year's resolution. Unless you're way out of the mainstream, your resolutions are toast. But in all seriousness, I'm not I'm really not trying to keep you from bettering yourself and and I'm I'm not trying to be negative. I'm I'm just actually trying to be funny. Um I do believe in challenging myself and striving for personal growth. I honestly just don't think making some big pronouncement on December 31st is the best strategy. And, you know, most people get caught up in the moment and they set expectations too high. And I'm being serious here. I'm not trying to be funny. People commit to things that they're never going to be able to realistically achieve. So you might say something like, I'm never going to eat donuts again. As of January 1st, I'm done with donuts. Or 
Uh, maybe you'll say, I'm going to work out every single day. It's not going to happen. I mean, you know it. I know it. The clerk at Krispy Kreme knows it. Human psychology being what it is, most people will just toss in the towel after the first little setback. So, you know, you forget your resolution and you take a bite of donut at the office. And, and then the next thing you know, you're sitting in the Krispy Kreme drive-thru and your friendly Krispy Kreme employee is uh, waving at you and laughing. Um, except in California because the Krispy Kreme uh, employee doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> but the, the key to truly making resolutions that will stick... Or, I, I probably should put this another way, the key to actually bettering your life is incremental lifestyle changes. So, in other words, instead of giving up donuts forever, maybe you could just cut back to one donut a week. And instead of promising to work out every single day, set a reasonable workout goal. You know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the gym three times a week, or I'm going to walk three times a week. Um, nutritionist Dr. Carly Moores uh, said in an article that another problem is that people try to make too many changes all at once. You know that guy. It might be you. You know, he goes gangbusters on January 1st. He fasts. And then, and then he goes to the gym and he works out for three hours. And then the next day he hurts so bad he can barely get out of bed. Plus, he's starving to death. So to compensate for his suffering, he heads to Waffle House and uh, he, he, the gym never sees him again. So Moore's advises making reasonable incremental changes. So uh, she said, start with small changes and continue to build on these or try to tackle one change at a time, Moore said. Try to set yourself goals. Reflect on your progress towards these. Acknowledge that changes can be hard and results won't happen overnight or even in the first two or three weeks of a new year. So this is the takeaway. Changing your life is a process, not a pronouncement. And I think it's really true. And, you know, sometimes I, I kind of struggled with this when I was dealing with grief after my mom passed away a couple of years ago. And there were so many things that just kind of fell to the wayside as my mom was sick and, and as I was dealing with all that stuff. Uh, my diet went to crap. I was struggling uh, on the exercise front. Uh, I was struggling with some work stuff. There was no way I was going to fix all of that stuff in one day. So I picked one thing. I started by getting back in the gym. And then I started working on some work stuff. And then I started working on the diet. I didn't try to do everything all at once. And I think that's what Morse is getting at here. So in all seriousness, using the New Year holiday as a time to reflect, evaluate, set goals, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes we need a place to reset, and the New Year holiday provides that opportunity. And so, speaking of resetting and New Year's, uh, that brings me to the big announcement that I hinted at at the top of the show. At the top of the show, and uh, some of you folks may have um, may have deduced this, but this is going to be the very last. Friday Gold Wrap podcast. Uh, in fact, I will be leaving Shift Gold effective uh, January 2nd. And um, yeah, 
It's time to move on, time to make some changes in my own personal life. Now, don't despair. From what I understand, the plan is Shift Gold will continue some manner of podcasts on Friday. Not sure what that's going to look like, but I'm sure it's going to be excellent. And um, you will continue to get good content over at shiftgold.com slash news. So, you know, I'm, I'm abandoning you, but I'm abandoning you into good hands. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, it's going to be a bittersweet change for me. And, uh, you know, just, just, uh, I'll just say this much. I am going to be working for a, uh, another gold company. So I'm going to be in the same space. I'm going to be doing a lot of the same things. Uh, in fact, I will be doing a podcast uh, that will be a midweek podcast. And out of respect for Shift Gold, I'm not going to announce where that's going to be or what that's going to be. But I'm sure if you Google uh, in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to find it. Um, and if you want to reach out to me, I'll be, I'll be happy to, uh, to let you know, you can email me at my 10th amendment center email. That's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L dot Meharry, M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y at 10th amendment center.com. And that's all spelled out. And, uh, if anybody wants to know where I'm going, um, and, and what the schedule for the new show will be, I will let you know there. Um, <clears throat> but, um, I just want to let everybody know I'm not leaving under any kind of bad circumstances. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed working with the folks at Shift Gold, one of the best bunches of people I've ever worked with. Um, been actually doing this since 2018, believe it or not. So it's been quite a while. And uh, again, this isn't you know this isn't because I'm angry or that there was any problem. Uh, honestly, just a better opportunity for me in a business sense. And uh, sometimes you, you got to make those business decisions. It's not a personal thing. And, um, you know, if you ask me today, I will still tell you, if you're interested in buying gold and silver, you can totally 100% trust the guys at Shift Gold. Um, and I'm sure that's going to be the case moving forward. And and I will not change my opinion as, as I move on. Um, when I have closed out the show over the last, ever since I started it. You know, I always close out saying, hey, call the guys at Shift Gold. They're fantastic. I mean that. That's not just because, you know, that's what I was supposed to say. I sincerely mean that I've bought gold and silver uh, through Shift Gold and uh, totally trust those guys. So, um, yeah, so big changes moving along, moving ahead. And uh, again, I, I will miss doing this show. It's it's been a, it's been fun. I was thinking, you know, when I first started the show again, I think it was in like November of 2018 when I started. Uh, the show tended to run about 12 to 15 minutes, and it's gradually gotten longer and longer and longer. Uh, I think last week, I, I or maybe not last week, but in the last couple of weeks. I had a show that was like 40 minutes, um, and I think this one's going to be pretty long, too. Um, so, I'd like to think I've gotten better, um, and and the show has gotten more robust over time, and, uh, you know, look forward to uh, continuing to learn and, and, and develop as I move on to other pastures. So... I guess that's it. I will close the same way that I always close. This is still a good buying opportunity for both gold and silver. And I'm very sincere in my view that 
gold and silver is going to significantly rally uh, in the midterm, you know. Maybe not next week, maybe not next month, but in the next year or two, I really expect gold to run up as it becomes clear that inflation is not dead as we move into a financial crisis, into a recession. And uh, again, I'm not just saying this stuff because, well, I'm doing a podcast for Shift Gold. I say this stuff because I believe it, and I've been accumulating gold and silver over the last several years. And uh, so, that's that's uh, that's a real point of view for me, not just something that I'm paid to say. So, while you have an opportunity... Talk to the folks at Shift Gold. Call 1-888-GOLD-160. Email info at shiftgold.com. You can go to shiftgold.com. Go to the Getting Started tab. You can chat with the Precious Metal Specialist online. And uh, they're going to treat you right. They're going to listen to you. They're going to help you figure out how precious metals can fit into your current situation and your objectives and goals. So do that today. And with that, we have a gold wrap for the week and I guess forever. Um, as always, you can find things that I've talked about today and more over at shipgold.com news. And you can subscribe to this feed. It will no longer be the Friday Gold Wrap, but there will be a podcast here. So you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Shipgold YouTube channel. All of those social media channels uh, or all of those links are on the show notes page. And um, it's been a pleasure talking with y'all, hanging out with you guys every Friday. And uh, look forward to seeing what is coming up in the future. So with that, peace out and the end.